Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today, we will unlock the book, Outliers, The Story of Success. In every era, we can find outliers who possess exceptional skills and achieve extraordinary feats. They become a symbol of that era, and their extraordinary performances are recorded in history books. It is commonly believed that their success is attributable to personal factors, that they are either gifted or work significantly harder than the average person. For example, we believe that due to Albert Einstein's superior IQ, he was able to become one of the world's greatest physicists. Similarly, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart practiced for 10,000 hours to compose the classic work piano Concerto No. 9. On the surface, it seems that having a high IQ and undertaking strenuous efforts will lead to success, but this book tells us that they did not rely purely on their talent or hard work to achieve success, their success was influenced by innate strengths, acquired opportunities, and cultural backgrounds. In other words, social and cultural factors gave them an edge over ordinary people. Furthermore, these strengths may be amplified under the effect of a virtuous circle, thus allowing them to outrank ordinary people in competition. So, in addition to their internal factors, superb talent and hard work, we also need to focus on the external factors that contributed to their success, hidden advantages, opportunities, and cultural influences. The author tells us that without these external factors, even someone who has a higher IQ than Einstein is still likely to fall into mediocrity. By thinking out of the box, this book leads us towards more profound opportunities for success. Also, it gives us another way to interpret factors for success. In this bookie, we'll discuss the book in three parts. Part 1, Innate Strengths. Part 2, Acquired Opportunities. Part 3, Cultural Legacies. Part 1, Innate Strengths. By innate strengths, we don't mean the genes and talents that determine personal traits. Instead, we are talking about the built-in advantages associated with one's environment, such as birth date, parental occupation, and family's class status. Next, let's learn more specifically about how these innate strengths can determine a person's success. The assertion that one's date of birth can influence their probability of success will probably astonish many people, but the advantages triggered by a particular date of birth can sometimes lead a person down a successful path. For example, the Medicine Hat Tigers were one of the best teams in the Canadian Hockey League and one of the best teams in the World Junior Hockey League. All members of the team were talented hockey players around the age of 18. However, when someone compiled the birth dates of the players who played for this team in 2007, he noticed a strange phenomenon, the vast majority of the players on this team were born between January and March. Even stranger, this phenomenon was not just found on this team. A Canadian psychologist collected information on hockey players in Ontario, Canada, players in the Canadian National Hockey League, and players on the Canadian 11- and 13-year-old hockey all-star teams. He found that 40% of the players were born between January and March, 30% between April and June, 20% between July and September, and 10% between October and December. Why was this the case? Was there any connection between the birth dates of the players and their achievements? It came down to the way in which the Canadian teams are grouped. Canadian hockey players are screened and grouped by age from early childhood. They use January 1 of each year as the grouping day, 
which means that players born between January 1 and December 31 are placed in the same group. Players from the same group who demonstrate strong fitness and coordination are drafted into the better group to receive intensive training. For young children, being born a few months earlier than their teammates means that they can stand out from a group in terms of physiology. Hence, players born closer to January 1 are more likely to win and thus be drafted into a better group to receive further intensive training. Intensive training gives players better guidance and more opportunities to practice. As time goes by, the stronger players become more dominant, which results in the players whose birthdays are closer to the grouping day benefiting from an increasingly clear advantage. Thus, they will be picked by the better teams in the next round of selection. That explains the concentration of birth dates in professional athletic teams. An age difference of a few months not only affects children's physiological performance, but also their academic performance. Two economists, Kelly Bedard and Elizabeth Dewey, studied the relationship between students' birth dates and their TMSS test scores. TIMS is a series of math and science assessments given to students worldwide. Their research found that when fourth graders of equal intelligence who were born at the beginning and end of the same year were tested together, those born at the beginning of the year scored, on average, 12 points higher than those born at the year's end. These test results will determine which children will be selected for the gifted group and which will be eliminated. From this example, we can see that birth dates significantly impact a person's future achievements. While that may seem unfair, it is an indisputable fact. People often believe that the earlier children are grouped for competition and selection in an elite education system, the better the chances are of maximizing their talent. However, according to Gladwell, the competitive mechanism of using age as a grouping rule to select the best students has stifled at least half of the talent pool. A more optimal approach would be to have players born in the same month compete in teams early on and have elementary and middle school students born in similar months compete in the same class. This would be more fair and reduce the amount of talent slipping through the cracks. In addition to birth dates, family occupation can also influence your chances of success. Gladwell found that children born into families who did meaningful work were more likely to be successful. Why? Let's start by learning about the definition of meaningful work. Meaningful work combines three characteristics, autonomy, complexity, and a connection between effort and reward. In other words, one is relatively free to arrange the approach and pace of one's work and handle or coordinate various aspects in completing this work. Moreover, hard work is proportional to reward, the more effort we put in, the more we get rewarded. What effects will parents in these kinds of professions have on their children? Children are taught from an early age that they should study and work as hard as their parents, use their intelligence to adapt to society, and eventually reap the rewards of success. These are the traits that are essential for their future professional success. Gladwell cites the example of the Borgenics. Louis and Regina Borgenich were Jewish immigrants who left Europe for America and lived from the late 19th century through the early 20th century. Because Jewish people were forbidden from owning land under European laws, they had to earn a living through business or handicraft. Louis Borgenich worked in a fabric store as a teenager and knew every fabric like the back of his hand, while Regina Borgenich started making dresses at the age of 16 and was highly skilled in dressmaking. After their marriage, the two had opened a fabric store and gained a lot of experience. 
After Louis and Regina Borgenich immigrated to New York, they stumbled upon a business opportunity to open a fabric store when the local marketplace was booming. By relying on their craftsmanship and experience, their store quickly blossomed. The garment industry that Louis and Regina Borgenich took part in was what we call meaningful work since the couple could organize their production with relative autonomy. At the same time, the Borgenichs needed to coordinate all aspects of cost budgeting, production, and market research due to the complexity of the garment industry. Additionally, effort and reward in this business were closely linked. The more effort you put in, the more you would get out of it. Their children, in turn, would be influenced by their parents from an early age to develop a professional belief in working hard and building their occupational skills. After talking about the effects of birth date and parental occupation on personal success, let's move on and learn how a family's social class can influence personal success. In general, people usually associate a high IQ with an increased chance of success. Nevertheless, Gladwell points out that IQ only correlates with success to a certain extent. There is an intelligence threshold in place. The average person has an IQ of around 100, and those with an IQ slightly above 100 will be able to complete higher education more successfully and obtain higher wages. However, once someone's IQ exceeds 120, their higher IQ does not equate with having a better advantage. Suppose that additional IQ points do not translate into outstanding achievements for those with high IQs. What factors have a more significant impact on success? Psychologist Robert Sternberg suggests that practical intelligence plays a major role. Practical intelligence is a form of knowledge that helps people understand situations, develop strategies, implement behaviors, and ultimately achieve their goals. It is a skill inherited primarily from one's family. Thus, the practical intelligence acquired by children differs, depending on the family's social class and educational methods. This demonstrates the effect of class status on human achievement. Sociologist Annette Leroux discovered an important relationship between a family's social class and the practical intelligence of children. Middle-class families adopt what she describes as a concerted cultivation as their educational method, which tends to foster and assess a child's talents, opinions and skills. Such children possess high practical intelligence. They also have a sense of entitlement, which is the courage to make demands on authority and the ability to bargain with others to achieve their goals. On the other hand, working-class families adopt an accomplishment of natural growth strategy to educate children. In this method, parents only care about raising their kids, not developing their skill sets. As a result, these children possess low practical intelligence. They are well-behaved and independent, but lack a sense of entitlement and do not know how to advocate for their rights. This theory is elaborated on in our bookie of unequal childhoods. Give it a listen if you are interested in learning more. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.